the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the fall in the Garden of Eden, to the death of Abel through his brother Cain, to Cain's offspring and just how fast humanity falls in their sin, we've seen a lot here in Genesis chapters 3 and 4. But we'll close out chapter 4 here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we take a look at the hope that is held out for us in the promise of God. Even in the midst of darkness and ultimate sin, God's design still shines through. And that is what we're exploring today. If you'll join us, Pastor Leighton Sheely is back in Genesis chapter 4, picking up in verse 25. Here's Pastor Leighton now as we explore Genesis together here on today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. The only ray of hope in that time was God's promise that a redeemer would be born of the woman and conquer the serpent. But Abel was dead, so he couldn't beget a child. And Cain had wandered off into the land of wandering and wandered off from God. But the Lord enabled Eve to conceive and bear a son whom she named Seth. Named Seth means granted, because God had granted him to replace Abel. Eve then attributed the birth of the child to the grace of God. And her faith is also revealed in her words that are translated another offspring because the words there literally mean another seed, which references the promise God made in Genesis 3.15 about her seed crushing the serpent's head. So the gift of baby Seth kept alive God's promise in Eve, who was indeed the mother of all living. In spite of Satan's schemes and the disobedience of his people, God was faithful to work so that his promise of a redeemer would be fulfilled. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also was born a son. He called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. The phrase here, call upon the name of the Lord, is the same thing as as meaning uh, praise or giving thanks to God. So among the descendants of Seth, also sometimes called the Sethites, there was a revival of public worship and believing prayer. While the worldly Canaanites were boasting of their strength and their smarts, the godly Sethites were giving glory to the name of the Lord. One of the biblical scholars captures the significance of this phrase, calling upon the name of the Lord by saying, Cain's firstborn and successors pioneered cities and civilized arts, but Seth's firstborn and successors pioneered worship. And that's exactly what his children did. They, they worshiped. So before Jesus and the church, before King David, before Moses, before Abraham, God's people were known for this, that they proclaimed the name of the Lord. This was the distinctive of God's people. They sang his praises. That's what God's people have done through all of the ages. Seth was 105 years old when his son Enosh was born. 
And remember that names in the Bible are important, and the name Enosh means man. But it's the word man that comes from a Hebrew word that means frail and weak. So it's the word that reminds us and emphasizes how fragile and weak we are in and of ourselves. And so herein is more insights, uh, because the Canaanites thought themselves strong and self-sufficient, but the Sethites knew that they were frail and weak, which helped them to make their priority seeking the Lord. When Canaanite civilization began to rise and worship abundance of, and art and technology grew and abuse and violence and the devaluation of life became commonplace and vengeance and violence became exponential. When, they, when men thought that they were in control of their fate and independent from God, well, those are the Canaanites. And the Sethites instead called upon the name of the Lord. Chapter 5, this is the book of the generations of Adam. So Genesis chapter 5 is the first genealogy in Scripture, introduces the book of the generations of Adam. We hear the word book and we think of a published or printed book, but the original word meant any written record account or document. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. And name them man is a reference to mankind. So we've heard this before. Why is it mentioned again here? Why is this mentioned again? It was mentioned before in chapter 1, before the flood. And the reason that it's mentioned here is to remind us and the descendants of Seth that the fall into sin had not obliterated the image of God in mankind. It deformed it, but it did not altogether obliterate it. And because mankind continues to be image bearers, we have the capacity to hear God's word if we seek God. And uh, God also uh, charged his people to rule the earth as his regents. And the fact that we have God's image gives us the possibility of a deeply personal relationship with God. Verse 3, when Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness, after his image, and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. You know, we're going to find this phrase, and he died, eight times here in this chapter, because death was now reigning over mankind because of Adam's sin. But it's interesting to note that there is no mention of death for the Cainites. Now, why might that be? Well, perhaps the answer is found in Psalm 116.15, where it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, notice that it's only the death of his saints that are, is precious in the sight of the Lord. Now, why, why might that be? Well, I think it's because the Bible tells us there's a celebration in heaven when a saint departs this life for life in heaven, which is eternal. Heaven throws a party. There's no such celebration for the unsaved. They are not going to heaven. And that's why the godless descendants of Cain have no mention of their death, because there's nothing to celebrate. Now, when you compare Cain's family tree... With the family tree of Seth, you can't help notice there's some similarity in names. You have Enoch and Enosh, <clears throat> Mahujael and Mahalalel, Methushael and Methuselah, 
and Lamech and Lamech. Now, why do they they have similar names? Well, perhaps it's God's way of telling us that the godless way of Cain, which still is with us, often does its best to imitate the godly line of Seth. After all, Satan is the master counterfeiter. The tragedy is that these two distinct lines came together and merged, as we shall see in chapter 6. And that eventually created a wicked society whose sins brought down the judgment of God in the flood. Lamech's brand of violence and ungodly marriage spread. And by the time of the flood, there was only eight people who believed in God enough to take his warning and act on it by faith. The rest were destroyed. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he fathered Mahalalel. Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalalel 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahalalel lived after he fathered Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. The name Mahalalel, by the way, means praise of God. And, and you know, some people have asked me over time if the number of years that is recorded for us in Scripture is actually real. I mean, uh, or was it a mistake that the author got his calculations wrong or the translator mistranslated? Did, when it talks about 895 years, what, was it, did it really mean 89 and a half years or something like that? If uh, 895 years meant 89 and a half years, then Mahalalel would have become a father at the age of six and a half. And uh, Kenan would have become a father at the age of seven years old. So the internal evidence indicates that this is a record that is accurate. Remember that people lived much longer back then because the DNA had not yet become significantly polluted and the environment was pre-flood or antediluvian, which was much more healthy. When Jared lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So when Enoch was about 65 years old, his wife gave birth to a son whom they named Methuselah, which means man of the dart. And this was evidently a turning point in his life because it says that then he began to walk with the Lord. Now, why was that? Well, we're not told. Was it because he uh, realized that he needed God's help in raising his son in the midst of a godless society? Uh, Or maybe uh, God revealed to him something that was coming? Uh, when, uh, when the son was born, we don't know, but we do know this, that when his son came, that was transformational for Enoch. Thereafter, he walked with God. I can remember becoming a dad. 
you know, when I was a single guy, I thought in terms of this week and this month, right? Uh, I'm going, am I going skiing this weekend or am I going boating or something like that? Uh, then I got married. And I'll tell you, that transformed me. Instead of thinking in terms of this week and this month, I thought about this year. Because in order to get a lease on an apartment, you had to, uh, you had to sign a year's lease. But then when I found out that I was going to be a daddy, that was an even bigger transformation by far. Because I started thinking not only in terms of a lifetime, but generations. What was I giving my children and my children's children and so forth? Having a child can be transformational. Sometimes when people have drifted off from the church and from God, it's becoming a parent that brings them back into the church and back into fellowship because they realize they needed God's help to raise their children. Mm, We all need God's help in that department, don't we? This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. If you have questions about today's program or Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno where this program originates, there's a great place to start for that informative jaunt. You can visit us at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. A lot of information there. Please stop by, pay us a visit, and then drop us an email. Let us know you stopped by. That would encourage us a great deal. Highlands.us. Tomorrow, more out of Genesis chapter 4. Join us then for study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.